Hello and welcome to the Soccer Speakeasy. Today is the 3rd of August, 2023. It's, it's great to be back in the studio with Kyle Robertson, the striker. And of course, uh, at the controls per usual is Patrick, the podfather Flaherty, a highly decorated producer. Uh, I'm Mike A-Race. Thanks for joining us. Um, uh, there's a lot to talk about. It's been a busy week with uh, with with League's Cup and the, uh, the end of the summer transfer window, uh, which closed uh, yesterday. Big news. Uh, at midnight Greenwich Mean or something like that. I don't think the league even knows when it closes because they they just do anything. They they damn well please. I, I mean, Miami probably might sign somebody today and they'd okay it, right? And then trade them to L.A., yeah. right? Um, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, we're going to start with the Club America game Monday night. That was the final round of the knockout stage in League's Cup. Um, crazy, uh, crazy day. Uh, you know, one of the biggest – clubs in the world with one of the largest followings in the world and uh and we're, we're going to get to sure. the the elephant in the room uh um in a, in a second we're going to tiptoe around lucas zellerian just just for a second here uh because kyle i want your thoughts yeah. uh, on the game um notably julian gressel yep. um, made his debut and uh within a few minutes first step- cross yeah, within minutes of stepping on the field, he drops a dime right into the middle of the box, and you go like, "Whoa!" <laughs> but yeah, no, I thought it was a it was a good game. I, I you know I, I do think that Club America controlled a lot of the a lot of the game. You know, early on, Cucho hit uh, that one shot that hit the crossbar early in the game, the, the um, right post. Yeah, oh, yeah, he, he, yeah. yeah. Uh, but then they also had two goals that were that were offsides that you know that were that were kind of close. Um, but I mean, I thought the crew kind of. The last, you know, twenty minutes really kind of put it to him. I think there were some. Well, there were some yeah. halftime adjustments. Um, that press is really difficult to handle with those athletes that Club America has. Uh, they press high, they press hard, right. and they and and they're they're quick. Yep. Um, I thought they weathered that, yep. made their adjustments, and then a couple big saves too early on. Short, short yeah, got couple, the, the couple kick really save, I think. Saves, yeah, 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 two that I can think of. And then the offsides calls yep. seem to take the air out of uh, of. Because they were, they're like two in like ten minutes. It was, it was kind of close. Yeah, right? and, yeah, and like if you're in the stadium, uh, you probably weren't even aware. Yeah. You know, you're looking at the scoreboard right. going, "Wait, I thought it was three to one." You know, and well, and the second one took like an extra four or five minutes too. It was, it was a, you know, I think it was a VAR kind of one yeah. of those things. But in any case, Cucho was the yeah. man of the match. Yeah, and um, you know, it was uh, afterwards. It was a, a, you know, players were talking about Lucas. Um, and choking up about it, and they said they wanted to win for him. Now, Lucas, uh, the crew had to do the Zellerian transfer to the Saudi Arabian team to open up a DP slot right. to acquire Rossi. Uh, Diego Can't Rossi. three. Right. Well, the league really was were sticklers with <laughs> yeah. Columbus, yeah. unlike some other teams we might mention yeah. in this league. Um, so the, the other facet of that is – the crew, once Lucas agreed that he wanted to go to Saudi Arabia, the club wanted to get that deal done as fast as they could, not just because they, they were opening up a DP slot and they could finally yeah. exchange paperwork with, with uh, the Turkish team, yeah. um, but because they wanted to have it done before Monday night so that Lucas could could say goodbye to fans right. to the fans in, in, in uh in the new crew stadium, which he did, it was a touching moment. Yeah, I mean, the the one thing that kind of I think crew fans would probably be a little. They, I mean, 
what you find out two hours before the game. There, I saw one sign there that you know a kid had. You know the the fans couldn't do the proper you know a tifa or anything like that, which I'm sure they will well, one of these games. Well, but like they just have enough time to. It was a crazy yeah, day. Yeah, it was a crazy few days. Um, but there were rumors, right? I saw a couple things online a couple days before, but nothing. No one with serious backing, I would say, it was kind of that's right. hodgepodge of people that. You know, you wouldn't necessarily say, oh, yeah, that's legitimate. Well, we have to be careful with our sources. And, yep. and but it did. It, it's not like it's not like uh, it, it was like yep. a bomb fell out yeah, of the sky. Yeah. I mean, it was a stunning thing. If you're a fan. Yes, it is. Yeah, it was a stunning thing. Um, and you couldn't figure it out. Yeah. And um, what was going on was and, and no one no one from the club was saying anything. Um, I, I will say that uh, there were a couple nudge, nudge, wink, winks um, as to indication that the, the Zellerian deal was not an isolated thing. That right. that uh, and and as I wrote Monday night, uh, it only made sense if something else was coming. Right. And well, you had to. You had, You can't. And you that, can't just have your best player leave and not bring anybody back. Well, the, the league made sure that it, it was. It went the worst. It possibly could, uh, yeah. but uh, we should now take pause and take a minute yep. to to uh, recognize Lucas oh. Zeller Ryan and his contribution to this club. Perhaps the best player yeah. that's that's ever put on a crew uniform. I mean, you what do you think? I know I know you love your boy Scaletto. Uh, he's, he's incomparable. <laughs> um, you know, well, they're two different guys. Like to me, to to me. Lucas was magic. If even if it, you know, even if he didn't score, he would do something with the ball, or you know, he would, you know, the free kicks. I mean, you, I mean, to me, that's if you're watching the game as a fan, like that's why you, that's why you want to pay money to go see, you know, goals like that. You know, free kicks. You know, the dribbling that he'll do, or just, I mean, he just he just was magic. And I think he might be the 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 player, the crew is the most the most magical player I've seen. It was the ball, you know, either dribbling or making plays or even the free kick ability, um, I think, in crew history. Now, are, there, are, there, are there better goal scorers? Yeah, I think. But he just, I mean, it was just magic. I mean, his goals were magical. I think one of the things that, I think the main thing that was so difficult to digest was that, okay, they used this window, they went out and they get, they get their left-footed center back and, and Yevon Chiberko, who who's played now, who's made two appearances. They get Julian Gressel. Which was huge. And one of the top assist yeah. men in the league. And you're probably thinking, you're done. Right. And and they get Rudy Camacho, even, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, who plays centrally yeah. on, on the back line, uh, which is Death. something they needed yeah. after the departure of Milos Degenik. And, and there was – so there's a few hours there where fans are thinking – Oh yeah, we're <laughs> this team could yeah. win it all this year. You we're know what set, I mean? We're loaded. I mean, we're going for it. Aimed at the MLS Cup, and all then in. and then boom, you go what? Yeah, I mean it's it ugh. was stunning. Yeah, and you know the team couldn't recover from that from a public no. relations perspective, and they can't no matter who they bring in. It, yes, and and we should. He want, Lucas brought them a cup, plain and simple. The thinking there was, he's thirty-one. He's got a year and a half left. Um, trading him now, uh, a year before trading a guy a year too early is always better than trading a year too late. Um, and you know, you have to keep in mind that they wouldn't have done this if, if Lucas didn't want to do it. Right. And so he was, what if Lucas, 
I mean, what if his new team is paying him double or triple the amount? I mean, well, they're known for paying more than the normal salaries for players, right? We, we should know yeah. that Alf Fatah, yeah. I hope uh, I'm pronouncing <laughs> that correctly, is not one of the four government-owned right. teams with the sovereign that wealth league, fund though. that it's disposal. Yes. No, he's getting. Yeah. He's going to get paid, right. and that's the reason he right. went. I don't think he wanted to. No. I think you look at the at age 31, you look at the end game of your career, and uh, is this it a, is it a tax-free league though? Do you know that? I, they? I have no idea. I mean, Florida is right. right. You know, it's uh, uh but I, yeah. he he put his family yeah. first in the forefront, and uh, God, he you know yeah. he didn't want to go. Yeah. Kuchik. Well, he could if you like. I was right in front of him when he came out right before the game. I mean, you could tell. I mean, he was looking around. He was taking it all in. Like it meant something to him. You know, I zoomed in real close, looked at his eyes, and you could tell. That he was, you know, it, I think part of it broke torn. his heart. Torn, yeah. yeah. Broke his heart. Like, I think he wanted to be here, but he's looking probably towards his family and, you know, the end of, you know, the the you know, prime years are, you know, probably over with him making really, really good money. And he had to take this opportunity. Take a couple of years, um, bank it. Yeah. And either come back to Columbus or go yeah. home to Argentina. Yeah. Um, and that, that, you know, I presume was his thought process that at least that's what was indicated to me. He was not made available. Um, huh. Anyway, a classy guy, um, beloved in the locker room. Well, all the goal celebrations oh. during the game, they all, you know, Cucho, you know, did the old heart thing with him. I mean, um, Ramirez, after he scored, he blew him a kiss, it looked like, or yep. did a heart sign. I mean, every, you know, every goal, it seemed like they were, you know, showing their love for him. It, it, it's it's uh it's kind of lost in all this and it should be but that was an impressive performance when when the trade went down mm-hmm. I was sitting in the press box uh, uh after it went down and and uh, I was thinking there's no way they win this game no. you know I mean there's no way they win this game yeah. this is an L yep and they kind of hung in there they, they had, weathered the storm yep, yep had some you know they got a couple fortunate caught well offside yeah, is offside um and and you know they. Yep. That the last twenty minutes yeah. of the game, they were terrific. Yeah. Well, in the atmosphere too. I mean, the, uh, I oh. give all credit to the cold American fans who showed up in full force and were banging drums and all sorts of stuff all game long. I mean, it was. It, I, I thought it was an awesome, awesome night to take photos or watch a game. Diego Rossi, the youngest Golden Boot winner in, in league history, and my kids were telling me that they were checking uh, the message boards or the. Or the Twitter or the X. Oh, yeah. Uh, the X. I love it. Whatever the, whatever they were doing. And the response from the Turkish fans, Fenerbahce, I hope I'm getting that correct. Uh, and they're a monster team like Club America. Mm-hmm. They're, they're kind of the Club America in Turkey. Um, but their fans were saddened to see Rossi leave. Um, he's 25 years old, Kyle. Uh, Chiburko's 25 years old. Russell's 29. Camacho's 32. And now they have a guy that the coach and the GM uh, and the scouts, right. I know, are really excited to play on the left wing or perhaps even right. centrally. Um, it, it was suggested they're going to play around with the formation up front. Um, this well, guy's two guys already up front, so you this, have the ability to kind of move that. At, at MLS, right. this is an elite finisher, um, and you know you have an elite server over there on the right. Um he scores goals differently than Lucas does. He does. Yeah. He dri- he, he will drive he will drive the ball and uh, attract defenders and um, either kick 
pass, I should say. He's deft at, at uh, drawing defenders and dishing, um, you, and he's, okay, so, he's also an elite finisher. So do you think do you think Rossi is a better fit for what Wilford wants to do than what Lucas was? I think he's, or is that what that time will tell? I, I don't think you can say that anything like that about okay. Lucas Zeller Ryan because he just fits anywhere. Yeah, I mean, like if you threatened Wilford Nancy right. or gave him truth potion, it's the only way he'd say, "Well, you know, Lucas isn't that big. Yeah, um, he's he's." Starting to slow down, and Rossi at twenty five fits yeah. fits what we want to do with our system. Um, and that leaves that, Kucho, right? That's only with the a lot of truth serum. Right. I mean, no one's no one's because you don't lose Lucas and yeah. say he doesn't fit the system. Well, I, I know that, but you don't say that. I, I know yeah, what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there it is. The club can't come out and say that either. No, I mean, no, no, no. But I'm us. I guess that's you and I just talking. I don't think. <laughs> I will add this. Yeah. I've been told that. The crew explored ways to get Rossi and keep Zella Ryan. Ooh. Wow. And that uh, I can only presume that the league was not as flexible with the crew's cap proposed cap manipulations, I'm guessing, as they have been with some other teams. Wow. So Commissioner Messi shot it down or something. <laughs> uh, but, yes, they, they – it was a hellish week um, uh, as as the window was beginning to close. Um, it would, I would say, from a lawyer's point of view, uh, from uh, a, a manager's point of view, and a coach's point right. of view, because um, I know that they tried to 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 get Rossi and keep Zellerai on. But then the only thing was you'd have to get you'd have to do something to nag me then because he's your he's well, your third. DP, there would there right? be yeah. there would be a lot of guys impacted. Yeah. That was that was the one thing about buying down um, Cam and game and all yeah, that. To, yeah, to, yeah. To, it, it it was deemed yeah. to be um, too much, too much. Yeah. That that would be too big a bite. Yeah. Um, and, but if it was Miami, they would have said, "Okay, go ahead." Right. Well, you said that. <laughs> It was too difficult for them to do the uh, the financial yeah. gymnastics under the cap. Um, do you think it was because of time? And, and they were not granted any leeway. I was – someone indicated. I don't want to say the club was talking about this. But these are the dots that I put together. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Uh, that there was – there's no leeway. In fact, that's why the Rossi announcement, which could have come at 10 in the morning, came at 5.30 in the afternoon because the league was – pouring through the contract. Um, uh, and you know that Columbus isn't first in line on the last day of the, uh, of the transfer window to get their deals <laughs> rubber stamped. Um, uh, so, yeah, folks, take that for what it is. That's, that's me doing a lot of extrapola- extrapolating and connecting some dots and uh, piecing together things that I've heard. Um, uh, wow. that's, but that's wow. the way the picture looks to me. So, okay, so if you're a crew fan... That's great news that that the management and the owners would sign off on something like that because that cause oh, that's they, huge. That's huge. The, I mean, that puts crew in another stratosphere oh, in owner, my mind. Ownership would have preferred. Right. I, I can tell you that. Well, he was fact. there. Ownership was there Monday night. Ownership would have preferred to keep Zellerion and import Rossi. Wow. And play them both. Wow. And but the could, league said nope. They had they had to open up the <laughs> they had to open up the DP slot, uh, and so. It was a maelstrom there over the last weekend, wow. um, and right into this week, right right through Wednesday, wow. to, to get all of this done. Anyway, 
we wish Lucas the best. I yeah. mean, he and he's he was wonderful. What a, those goals, man! Especially in that run to Emma, I'll always remember his, the, the last goal. I mean, that was back in COVID, so you're up kind of high, and you know, I took this bang, you know, great photo of him taking the you know the goal going up to the upper corner. I mean, it's just so many great moments I can think of. Just Patrick know. post that photo with with this. Uh, yeah, if, we'll have to find it. it. It's on many walls. We 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 ran it in the paper and or posters and everything. He was uh, newcomer of the year when he came mm-hmm. in. And then follow that up immediately. With, okay, so who's your top four now? You have to put them on your, you know, your, your. I'm not doing my Rushmore right now. It's too fresh. Too fresh. It's too. It's too soon. It's too soon. But I think your inclination is correct. If people was the most productive player Man. in terms of volume, he was here the longest. And we, we have to keep in mind too that, like Scalotto, it was a three and a half year run in right. Columbus for Zellerion, and yeah. DPs of that caliber. Um, you know, so there's gonna be four, three Argentinas on your top four. Oh yeah, probably McBride, man, right? <laughs> I mean, why not he's settled? <laughs> I mean, there'd be a lot of people at four, five, and six, but I mean, how can you not go wrong with those three and McBride? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Now, now you have to start opening up the conversation and say, okay, for instance, where does uh, Chad Marshall fit, yeah. or Darlington Nagby, or yeah. you know, um, and, and we could go on, yeah, yeah. you know, Jeff Cunningham or. This is a we could we could tackle this later on in the off season. We will because we just left like fifty yeah. people off our lists here that we, that we need to discuss. But um, you know, I, I did a piece last year. Oh yeah, didn't you do your yeah you yeah, did your uh, starting uh, eleven? Right? We'll, we'll have to look that up. Yeah, yeah, and I did that in conjunction with about eight people. Yeah, that was um, a good one, including Steve Sirk, who's yeah, who knows the, everything. He is the historian of the team and uh, from its beginning, and some players. Yeah. A lot of great players. Lucas is probably the best of them all here in Columbus. Not a fine. Joining us now on his way to the airport, where a jet will bring him back to Columbus. Back home. For the first time since 2019, is young, forever young, 30-year-old now, Will Trapp, the captain and uh, holding midfielder for the Minnesota United FC SCs. What are you, FC? <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I can't keep track, Will. Um, uh, thank you so much for joining us. First of all, tell us your feelings about returning home, the pride of Gahanna and Lincoln High School, as well as the Akron Zips. Yeah, gentlemen, first of all, great to hear your voice, Michael. Um, it's, it's amazing, surreal to be coming home. Um, it's actually funny. I think the Gahanna-Lincoln soccer alumni game is Saturday night. So they were like, Hey, you want to stick around? You know, uh, I don't, uh, unfortunately I, I won't be able to stick around, but, uh, I'm, I'm so excited to come back, see some, um, some familiar faces, some awesome people, obviously family, friends, um, and just to play what should be a very entertaining game. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun one. Are you going to, uh, get forward and pull a Nagby or anything? One of those, uh, 30 yard volleys or something? I don't know. I don't know. I was asked, Pat Murphy asked me if I would celebrate. I said, absolutely not. There's no way they could see. Oh, it's good to talk. So, uh, all right. So, yeah, it's going to, it's going to be an awesome, it's going to be an awesome one. Um, again, two teams that are doing well right now, Michael, and, um, I'm just pumped. Honestly, I have, I've never been in the new stadium. So, um, that's another one for me that will be really, really fun to experience. 
experience see, and, and I heard it gets crazy loud, so I'm, I'm pumped for that. Yeah, you wouldn't recognize the old place either. They've, they've turned it into a training facility. Um, and you, you know what? I was there in the off-season. I trained. I was back oh. home. We trained there in the off-season. I was, I mean, again, unrecognizable in the best way. Um, yeah, what they, what Pete and the Haslam family, what they put together, it's, I texted Dr. Edwards right after. I was like, man, this is, this is top, top. Uh, and you guys should be proud of it. Well, let's first talk about your Minnesota team. After uh, a bit of a jag in the spring there, you guys have kind of steadied yourselves. So the way I, I count it is 5-4-4 uh, four and four in your last um, 13 all, games in all competitions. Um, yeah. And last two league games were a 3 to nothing victory over Houston at Houston and uh, a 1-1 draw against LAFC. So in decent form um, with uh, a victory over Puebla, 4 nothing in, in, in your first uh, League's Cup match, and then a loss to Chicago, 3-2, both of them at your place. Yeah. Tell us a, a little bit uh, about your team, what we're going to see formationally and tactically, and, and how you plan to deal with uh, this foot-forward uh, Columbus crew team. Yeah. Michael, a little bit of a dip in form. We started off really well, a little bit of a dip in form in the, in the mid-spring, early summer, and um, have kind of turned it around as of late in terms of the form and some of the performances. And a big part of it is we had some guys out. We brought some new players in. Um, the return of Emmanuel Reynoso, kind of our talisman number number 10 playmaker, has undoubtedly changed the complexion of our team. I mean, a super, super talented um, player in this league, and especially in our group. Um, who really makes things go for us. So that's been a big reason why, uh, amongst other things, I and mean, one of our wingers um, has also been doing extremely well. So just um, the ups and downs of that last season are real, of course, and there's always storylines and plot lines. We experienced quite a few of the season, but um, have, found, have found our footing a little bit more sure in the past few weeks. So coming into this game right against a, a Columbus group that's Obviously, flying high after their win the other night, um, and in a very dynamic and controlling type of type of group of players that they that they have now under Wilfred Nancy. I think for us, the tactics and the ideas are staying true to who we are—a group of players that um, are industrious and, and look for moments from our special players, right? And beyond that, we, we really try our best to be. Um, disciplined in our defensive shape, and then when we have the ball, to, to have the freedom to play, to, to get Reynoso and Frakopane and, and our attacking players um, in good spots to to attack the back four. So really, I think this game will be interesting because Columbus likes to have the ball. How do we defend those moments, limiting Nagby and Aiden Morris getting on the ball, pushing the ball wide, um, and then when we do win it, can we bypass the pressure quickly? And, and get our guys in dangerous spots ahead of the game. Um, because it, it, as we saw the other night, even with Club America losing, they were able to nick possession and, and create chances through that. Um, so that's kind of the, the blueprint without giving too much away of what we're about. But, yeah, we have a group of players that, again, our, our coach, Adrian Heath, is, is really good about letting experienced players um, – play together and, and find rhythm and find chemistry. And, and that's been something I've really enjoyed since I've been here. Um, just the freedom to, to take your footballing education, quote-unquote, and, and apply it with other guys who um, 
are like-minded and see the game the same way. Well, the Battle of the Heartland uh, in the League's Cup play tomorrow night uh, in the new Crew Stadium. Well, you were traded uh, to Miami uh, ahead of their expansion year. Of course, they've come a little ways in the last month or so. Uh, um, and then uh, a year later, you signed as a free agent uh, with Minnesota. Um, you're the captain of the team. It sounds like you found a good fit there and that uh, there's a chance for you to extend, extend your career as long as possible because um, now you have uh, two kids to support. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's, this game is, is one of those things that I love deeply, of course. And beyond that, it's how well can you push your level, you push your growth, and push your your body to, to keep going. And I think, at, I mean, at 30 years old, I'm certainly not anywhere near retirement, um, and nor thinking about it, more about how can I continue to grow and, and expand my capabilities. And that's really what I've been focused on. But this is a place where my family and I are, are extremely um, blessed to be supported. And, and um, it's similar to Columbus in, in the sense of Midwestern values, Midwestern people, and it's been really good for us. So, um, yeah, I got no complaints on that front. It's been, it's been a wonderful three years so far. Well, when you were traded to Miami, um, what were your feelings then, and how do you look back upon that now? Because it, it was not only jarring for you, but, you know, you were a Columbus guy, and I know Kyle Robertson wants to talk about homegrown players, et cetera, but uh, how, how did you feel then, and, and uh, how do you look back on it now with a few years to, 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 as, as a span? Yeah, I mean, I think the reflection is, is always interesting because then you don't really know what you're doing. You're just kind of living out the, the emotions of, of the current reality. Um, but I think now being able to, to process it three or four years later, um, the desire and the feeling to leave, I think, was um, more of what I needed for growth and myself and for my family just to experience something different. And you can't appreciate necessarily where you've been until you see something else. Um, and that's a little cliche, but I do believe that for me, I had to go and, and stretch those capabilities elsewhere uh, and, and just see something new, have a good building every morning. Um, and and for me, it's, I wouldn't change the decision at all just because there's um, there's always value you can take from new experiences, and I've certainly tried to do that. It's also a professional challenge as well that, I mean, sometimes you want to test yourself. Uh, this This is not related really, but... You know, I moved to Columbus with five kids when I was 35 years old. And one of my thoughts was, was I want, I want to do something outside of, of what's been my comfort zone for my whole professional life. Yeah. I mean, I think a powerful question, Michael, is like, what am I capable of, right? And if you never test that boundary of going somewhere else or seeing a different, different environment, then you never really know, right? Um, and I think that's where the and the enjoyment and like purpose of life comes into beyond just sport. It's, it's taking things and saying, okay, what am I capable of? What are we capable of as a family to, to grow and learn and um, come closer together? Because ultimately, like we moved away with a four-month-old and the pandemic hit four months later, three months later, two months later, whatever it was. And it was like, oh, wow, okay, we're in a completely different place with a baby, which is completely new. <laughs> And now the world has come to a complete halt. What does that look like? So um, your maturity, like, eventually in the lessons you learn, shine through. Um, and, again, it's, 
been super humbling and fun for me to, to just be able to go through this as a family and we've become tighter, more spiritually healthy, all these things because of it. Uh, and then, again, I wouldn't trade it for, for the world. One, one last question about your team from me, um, and that is 7-8-7 uh, seven, and seven in league play. Um, five of your wins have come on the road. What's up with that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a fit. I mean, you're, I, I ask the same question. Um, I think it, it's been, on the one hand, it's been impressive to, to win games or be as well-equipped as we have been on the road. On the other side, the, the lack of production at home has been concerning. So, yeah, that'll, um, that'll piss your the, fans off. That'll piss your fans <laughs> off well. Yeah, yeah, and, and um, that's something that we're, we're definitely trying to remedy. But in terms of the away form, Michael, I think – We've just been really committed to, to understanding and being mature and uh, knowing what games on the road and MLS look like. And oftentimes it's suffering. Oftentimes it's not having the ball. It's, it's weathering storms. Uh, and our, our group of, of players has really um, taken to that mantle and done a good job of it. And that's been reflected in how we perform. So the, the idea in the second half of the season would be to transfer some of that to the to the home form where we have to carry games a little bit more. Um, but again, like I touched on earlier, we're finding ways to score goals now, which was kind of our Achilles heel at the start of the season. Um, and, and that always bodes well for performing better um, in what is going to be a, a fun stretch to end the season and moving to the postseason. Hey, Will, I just want to talk to you a little bit about, um, you know, you were one of the uh, first few crew homegrowns uh, along with Aaron and Matt and Ben. Um, you know, and you've been in the league for almost 10 years now. Uh, can you kind of talk about how that, how like the path to the MLS has changed? I mean, I think you were the traditional um, for most soccer players in Columbus, you know, 10 years ago, you go to college, you play a couple years and then you get signed. Um, but now it seems like everything's completely, completely changed. Um, and, and I think that maybe the success rate is now a little bit higher with the homegrowns. So can you kind of talk about yeah. like that experience um, you know, because, uh, you know, you are one of the few, um, probably big successes the crew would say as a, as a homegrown talent. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. The league has changed in the decade, 11 years I've been in it, just looking at what the, the production of academies, not just in Columbus, but across the, across the league. And a big part of it, I think, Patrick, is, is simply the fact that there's just been more time to work with young players and develop them, um, in a system and in a uh, in a pathway to be ready to go in the first team or now the the second teams that have been implemented in the past couple of years, there's a real proper, hey, you don't need to go away somewhere where we don't have hands on you and eyes on you to develop. We can do that here and we can move you through our two team and then into the first team in a, in a very thoughtful and intentional way. Uh, and that's why I think you're seeing the success go up. But that's why I think you're seeing um, players that when they finally do make it into the first team, they're ready. Um, whereas the, the collegiate ranks were always kind of a disjointed system. Um, and I, I think it's bettering the product of MLS. It's bettering the, the quality of the young players produced. And ultimately, it's making it um, a more viable place for, for young kids in Ohio to, to step into professional ranks. I, I just have one more for you, Will. Um, you know, you grew up with the crew. Um, you played for the crew, uh, and so forth. Your, your family uh, has been crew fans, um, season ticket holders. 
Uh, the Zellerian news, how, how did that strike you? I mean, I know you're in a weird spot on that, but I'm just curious how it looks from, from where you sit. Yeah. No, look, I, I mean, I, I knew Lucas for all of two weeks, so never really, really close with him in any regard, but obviously his quality and talent, what he brought to the club in, I mean, first year and the year subsequent, um, was, was nothing short of amazing, right? And for it to what seemed like happened very quickly, uh, is always a little jarring, I think, for fans and for the league as a whole to just see the talisman kind of leave. Um, but at the same time, look, this is a business in which it's a business first and foremost, right? Uh, and yeah. it's something where the way in which the Saudi league is trying to recruit players, I don't know, in, in many regards, like if you're thinking about, I can only play this game for so long. I don't know. That's, that's certainly something that goes in the minds of players. Uh, and if the money's right, then why not test yourself again, like we were saying, in a new market? But it is, it is one of those very um, jarring situations for what you thought was probably a content situation, and it changed quickly. So um, for us, I know that we're, we're happy he's not on the field on Friday, but uh, also, I mean, Columbus is a great team. They found a way to beat Club America without him. So they're, they're no snuff at um, finding ways to win games without some of their better players. Well, Thomas Wolf said you can never go home again. But uh, here comes Will Trapp. Looking forward to it, Will. Good luck to Minnesota FC, SC Inter, United um, tomorrow night. Uh, I hope you have uh, a good time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm again, Super excited and very humbled to be, be coming home. Will Trap, all the luck in the world. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Gentlemen, thanks, man. Bye. Our thanks to Will Trap, the captain of your Minnesota United FC, SC, Reals. Former crew captain, too. Former crew captain, yes, as, as we noted. Hometown um, guy. So uh, Minnesota's here uh, Friday night, as we've said three or four times now. Uh, and uh, also on Friday night in the round of 32, Cincinnati against Nashville. Ooh. There we go. That, that's going to be a good game. Chicago versus Club America. Sporting Kansas City versus Toluca. Portland versus Monterey. And Vancouver versus Tigres, UNAL. Uh, Lucas's old team. Okay. Um, do you like the, the bracket 32 team now? Do you like it? Like, what do you mean? It's like, it, a, it, like, it, a, like a real like NCAA basketball bracket like, or like a World Cup bracket. Like, do you like it? Like, Yes, no, maybe so. Uh, what, what other way do you want know. to do it, Kyle? I don't know. So um, the winner of the Crew Minnesota game here uh, on Friday will play the winner of Sporting Kansas City Toluca. Right. Um, already through to the round of 16 uh, are Miami, and they'll play Dallas in the, in the, uh, in the round of 16. Miami was in the finals already. Oh, they, they, they have the cup, and <laughs> they, have, they already have plastic over their uh, locker room stalls. <laughs> Um, but, uh, so Miami's through and they'll play Dallas. Miami beat Orlando last night and, uh, Dallas beat Mazatlan. Houston is through. They beat Pachuco on kicks. And I'll tell you, it, it was, uh, as I was flipping through my MLS season pass last night, uh, uh, I, it cut, it got right to the shootout when I, when, when I, when I put that game up and Steve Clark made the stop Ooh. and like the, it was so good to see. I mean, after what happened here in 2015, mm-hmm. um, uh, it was uh, 
it, it was just, I don't know, yeah. it just it, it brought joy to my late night. Good for Steve Clark. Um, and that's uh, in Houston's throw on kicks. Yeah. Um, uh, they'll play TBA um, and LAFC is, th- is through. Um, not, not a fine. Um, <laughs> LASC is through. They beat Juarez. Uh, and I watched some of that game too. And uh, uh, Carlos Vela is uh, is back. He had the goal of the night. So you can look, even though Messi had two, uh, and Messi was awesome Messi's last a- night. I mean, he was he was like pushing guys around and stuff if they tried <laughs> to tackle him. And there was there was a classic play, Kyle, where he kind of got fouled. It wasn't egregious, yeah. and he goes down. And just prior to that. I mean, just like two seconds before, he shoved a guy to the yeah. ground, right? No call. <laughs> so he gets just clipped yeah. and the ball is away. Yeah. And he gets up asking for a card. Yeah. And the ref comes over oh, with a card. God. And I'm going, commissioner. <laughs> it's the commissioner. So they got uh, that going for him. Uh, Columbus is going to have to be massive again if you yeah. take everything about this week into account. Um, the uh I don't know if there's any way to put it, but John Garber still hates you, even though he gave you an all-star game, people. Um, uh, Whoa, all-star game. Be massive, my friends, <laughs> as the great sign at the old Crew Stadium used to say. Be massive, my friends. And with that, uh, Kyle and I will sign off. Thanks for joining us on this windy edition of the Soccer Speak Easy. Uh, go to dispatch.com. You know, there's some, uh, besides all the news stories and, and columns, et cetera, uh, that, that we have had on the crew over the past week, uh, Kyle's got some awesome photo galleries. You you stayed for the watch party, right? No, I did not. No. Someone else shot that? Yeah, Lori what? did. Oh, Ooh, yeah, Lori, boss. Lori yeah. Was there? Oh, my boss. Yeah. Well, she did a great job, yeah. and, and uh, you may lose your title as yeah, Ohio good. Photographer of the Year. So for Kyle Robertson and all his galleries, he had all the stuff at the game on Monday night, including all the Lucas Zellerian farewell festivities, if you can call it that, and, uh, uh, and for Patrick the Podfather Flaherty. Uh, I'm Mike A. Rage. Thanks for joining us. Patrick, kick us out of here.